Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong! With me, Dr. Zahn. Hey, people. How are you? We're back again. I always miss old P.S. Michael Hayes whenever we uh, do a different song for a week. He gets me all, all nice and sweaty feeling, Daddy. Uh, this week, uh, we got a very well-thought-out double feature. Some shit found on Zom's living room floor. We got The Night of the Following Day from 1968 or 9 little brando and we got the american soldier 1970 another fast bender it's been a while querel was the last so we'll get to those soon (laughs) i was about to pull the audio of that one of inga singing in this damn thing (laughs) uh uh, sir how was your week sir oh it was um i don't know i can't even really remember much about it I'm there with you. I think I'm losing my marbles. I've worked almost every day since we since we last recorded, and every day sucked. Every day's worse than the next than the last. Or yeah, get used to it. (laughs) That's life. (laughs) It just it doesn't get better. It just gets worse. (laughs) But luckily, we got something to look forward to coming up. Yeah, we we do. We got some. We got some. uh, I wish Michael Hayes would be there. Even though. The, well, the WWE guys, I don't think, make it there very yeah, often. Yeah, they ain't allowed. Yeah, they're they're like held hostage. Yeah, they don't even own their names anymore. All right. Um, Doc so, yeah. Hendricks. <laughs> oh God. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, get to the movie soon. Um, what have you been watching this week besides uh, Only God Forgives? <laughs> I watched a little bit of that again. Okay, it's on the iPad, so it's just easy to. Yeah, you watched it twice more, right? Yeah, kind of. You said you've watched it five times, and that was about three days ago. So yeah, so I've, I'm at least probably I'm on. If you put it all together, it's just seven. No, <laughs> six, six and a half. I mean, it's it's just I think it's cool to watch. It's well, kind of. I revisited it again today, so it's been a week, and I definitely, as I suspected, liked it more the second time after. Uh, Ever everybody like filled my dumb brain in with ideas about my, what might be going on. Yeah, and that's you know, I mean, no, I don't know. I, I, uh, and what you know, one thing I, I was wanting to to say to discuss or whatever is when I first watched it, I maybe it's just because I've seen Ryan Gosling and he's the star and blah 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 blah. 
but I was like rooting for him, like mm-hmm. he was the hero. And now that I look back on it, and I kept thinking this, you know, the 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 guy that's the police chief uh, is. I thought you know he's evil and all this and that. But then when I looked back on it, I was like, okay, actually, he's like the good guy. <laughs> I mean, he he when. You know, he's the hand of the angry god or whatever or something like that. But, um, you know, the one... Which uh, which angel was it that, that carried the sword? Uh, what's that? Archangel Michael. Michael, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Gabriel just blew the fucking somebody. Anyway, but um, I think Gosling, I mean, compared to his brother, who wanted to fuck a 14-year-old girl and blah, blah, blah... Um, He's sort of a, I mean, he's, he does have some honor and he's not the kind of person that's going out supposedly, you know, and killing someone kind of cause, because you don't, but you know, he's still a drug dealer. Yeah. He's still, but you know, but he's a, he's a fucking fucked up person. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was funny when, uh, that I read that, um, they patterned his mother after Donatella Versace as far as the look because she looks like a like some old woman that's had like too much plastic surgery and that's just yeah. ugh, ugh. she I, I I'm serious that uh, Kristen Scott Thomas uh she was very good uh I don't know if it's oscar worthy but goddamn she <laughs> and I wouldn't even say she stole the show and I'll tell you another thing that 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 I thought was kind of cool about that. Uh, the the guy that did play the police chief, you know, he looks like an older guy, right? Yeah. And I thought for sure, you know, when he fought Gosling, mm-hmm. uh, and he was just, I mean, he whipped Gosling. And I know it's a movie, but he was moving pretty fast. They said he did all his own fighting stuff. He's a Muay Thai practitioner or whatever, and he did all his own singing. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, the guy's pretty cool. Um, I didn't watch that much though. I, huh. I five oh, he, I, shit, he was in Hangover Part Two. I wonder who had he played in that. Uh, I'll never know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't great. I didn't but, like the first one. Oh, uh, if you didn't like the first one, you'll hate the second one. Yeah, I I don't know if I hated the first one, but I just I didn't. I only laughed like one time in the whole thing. The so. monk, the monkey, like biting the Chinese dude's dick, and the second one's pretty funny. But other than that, I didn't laugh a whole lot. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy stuff, you know, yeah. like it's too. Um I watched uh the remake or the American version of Pusher. I didn't even know that's what it was. I thought it was the you know, original and I started watching and I thought, "Well, wait a minute. I thought the original was in a foreign language." This isn't bad. I mean, you know, like I said, I I don't have I think a lot of people have hanging over their head that um you know, they've seen the 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 three originals, sure. and then watch this one and say, you know, oh, it sounds good. But I don't have that because I've never seen it. The so. original is almost twenty years old. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, time flies. Wow. Um, but this one's not bad, and um, I I just rented it. Uh, there's a lot of movies it seems like that are because I saw on uh, a direct TV like uh, it was a commercial channel where they just show what's coming up on direct TV. Right. And they showed that and they showed, um, only God forgives and places or place beyond the pines. And I guess they're start, you know, those movies, all three of those movies probably will never be in the theater around here. So, you know, instead of, I guess 
they're just releasing them and they're getting their money's you know money's worth where i bought uh uh the place beyond the pines and uh only god forgives and so i mean they're going to be on my ipad for a long time i i need to you know what i need to do with the itunes thing i need to um, start paying attention to like movies that go on sale and stuff yeah yeah i mean you know that's a lot of them you know i'll rent a lot, several of them, but if yeah. it's something that I really think it, it, it takes a lot for me to pay full price uh, to buy it. Mm-hmm. Which these were only like I think they were like nine ninety nine. They weren't like yeah, fourteen. That's, or yeah, that's lower because like the when I, I bought Only God Forgives and it was uh, sixteen, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It might have been. I, I it might have been like fourteen or so. I can't remember yeah. sixteen. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I watched. Um, I downloaded on iTunes again. Uh, Enter the Dragon. Uh, this looked, I mean, it just looked really good. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. And um, I was just amazed at um, just watching Bruce Lee and his mannerisms. And like I said, they always talked about Steve McQueen in The Magnificent Seven and how even when the camera wasn't on him, if it was on Yul Brenner, McQueen would be doing something like, you know, maybe adjusting his hat or wiping the sweat off his brow or doing something, you know. And Bruce Lee was like that. You'd see him several times where he's almost like, you know, kind of while something's going on, he's in the background yawning or, or just acting bored or <laughs> doing anything. Uh, and he just had a lot of charisma. Um, and the one other than, you know, the, the fighting in it was really good. Saxon, you know, I, I understand, you know, that he did train as a martial artist, but I don't think he was, you know, like any, world champion or anything no, like that no. but i mean he looked good when yeah. he was doing his stuff and um the music was just excellent and it you know uh so uh let's see i watched the place beyond uh the pines and i liked this movie i thought ryan gosling um he did a good job of playing you know a white trash kearney guy <laughs> <laughs> and with all the fucking yeah the, his tattoos were just so bad some of it you know mm-hmm. like and um uh I liked, you know, his name was uh, Awesome Luke, which I thought it would have been cool if it had been totally Awesome Luke. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Ava Mendez's nipples were on full uh, yeah. display in the first scene, where she, uh, he just like looks across the crowd and, and it's just like, oh, Ava Mendez's nipples. Um, but the only thing, well, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing because uh, you know just how the story went. But there was something that happened to the Gosling character that caught me totally fucking by surprise. Mm-hmm. And um, then I will say this. I, I didn't look up what the guy's name is that plays Bradley Cooper's son. But God, what a fucking dick he was. <laughs> oh, God. He, he was such a douchebag. I hated that motherfucker. I hate somebody that's like, come on, man. you know, Take it. Take this. Take this. Come on. Take it. Take it. It's like, why the fuck do you care? If okay, if you want to fucking take this or you know oxycotton or whatever, uh, but I hate people that are like, come on, man, take it, take it, take it. It's like go fuck yourself. Oh god, he was so obnoxious. <laughs> um, but uh, and I thought Ava Mendez, they did. I, I remember you guys talking about uh, you know that it's like some of the stuff that happened was 15 years later mm-hmm. and how they portrayed. Uh, different people and how they looked. I thought she looked really old. They made her look old. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but I thought it was a good movie. I still, I'll be honest with you, I liked, um, if you were going to compare the two, because they both came out at the same time and Gosling stars in both of them, I'll take uh, Only God Forgives. Um, yeah, me too. I, thought, I just I just liked it better, I, you know. Um, I watched Django Unchained again. Uh, this I downloaded it on iTunes uh, a few weeks back, and they the the download fucked up, mm. and I had it, and when I transferred it to my iPad, it disappeared, oh, and so then I called them and I got it back and blah 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 blah, but I didn't watch it. Um, um, so I was just a it. rental. Yeah, I only had three days, and I thought, well, I'll watch it. And uh, I like when uh, Christoph Waltz, he kept, like, at the beginning, when he would be like, uh, how much do you want for young Django here? He kept calling him young Django. And I think Jamie Foxx did look that goddamn young. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the Brittle Brothers, and just uh, fucking Christoph Waltz was just excellent. Uh, um, and I watched today, and I, I'm looking back when you said, what have you been. You know what? What have you been up to? What have you been doing? But I guess maybe it's because I've been riding. I got a new motorcycle, so I've been riding the shit oh, out nice. of it. But um, so maybe that's why I've been watching that much. But uh, I watched today uh, Pioneers in Ingolstadt. Uh, it's a 1971 uh, Rainer Werner Fassbinder yeah. movie, and I didn't know until I just looked it up on IMDb that it it, it was a made-for-TV movie. Um. But still, it has, uh, and I'm horrible about this. I don't, you know, I'm just saying this because I didn't look up what the guy's name is. The guy that played the the African American bartender in Gorilla, oh, right, he's in this. Um, <laughs> when when we were going to review uh, American Soldier, Americanische Soldat, uh, <laughs> I got online and I was just looking up some of his movies and they have um, a couple of box sets that have several of his like his early work and then later on or whatever but they were like 80 90 bucks Ooh. and I found a lot of them on VHS for just you know a couple of bucks a piece so I've got I got like four or five in the mail uh, I, the other I day. got one in the mail too yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, then I can't remember which ones I have coming, but I I was watching this, and the the thing is, when you're watching his movies, which we'll talk about in a little bit, you just have to just kind of, if you know if you've seen any of his movies before, mm-hmm. when you're watching them, you're prepared that they're going to be odd, they're going to yeah, be yeah. fucking fucking right, and, and you're watching it a lot of times. Just to, I mean, it's entertaining just how fucking odd they are. Instead, I don't sit there like with um, Only God Forgives. You know, we've talked about that where, where you know, you watch it the first time and you just take it at face value, and then you start thinking, okay, well, maybe there's some other stuff there, and you start hearing some things. Then you go back and watch it, plugging in the things that you know people's interpretation stuff, so you get more and more out of it. Right. Plus, you see things yourself with his movies. You're just going into it. The, the the whole like the characters and the story and everything are to me are like secondary to just how fucking weird <laughs> and how subversive he is going to be as far as moving the camera, sure, doing things, the dialogue, and I, and I don't know what it is. I just kind of it's not a comedy, 
but I still sit there and laugh at a, at a lot of the stuff. <laughs> so anyway, but that's that was 1971, and it was on uh, VHS. No, that one actually wasn't on VHS. It was on DVD. So out of all the ones I got, I think that was the only one on DVD that I bought. But anyway, that's all I had. Sweet. Um, I had an okay week, considering I've been working a lot. Um, like I said, well, I already said I, I watched only God Forgives again, and um, yeah, I'll probably watch it again this week. So <laughs> uh, the um, do, 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 do. I will say this for as many people that that on our group and on Facebook and stuff like that, not just our group because that wouldn't be that many people. Um, <laughs> I, even as you just said that, and I'm scrolling down, I just watched somebody else watched it. Somebody else nice. watched it. Somebody else watched. It. So I mean, people are it's, it's spreading. Yeah, it's spreading. The um, let's see, what did I? Oh, I went on Hulu and just fucked around, and I found I watched the Wraith, uh, <laughs> the Charlie Sheen ghost car movie. I can't even remember. I know I saw that when it came out, but I don't remember hardly anything about it. Um, it's got Sherilyn Finn in it, and she's super hot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it. it <sighs> It's one of those movies I think that people probably saw at just the right time. That's why it's remembered so fondly. This is the first time I'd seen it. And I was like, eh, it's pretty good, I guess. I mean, the car, I couldn't get over the fact that the car had a fucking Dodge. Like, this amazing car had a fucking Dodge logo on the front of it. Mm. I was like, that immediately makes it not very cool in my eyes. <laughs> um, or fucking, like, Plymouth logo on it. Couldn't pull a greasy string out of a cat's ass. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Um... It's all right. Sherilyn Finn kind of gets naked, so I guess that's a plus. It's on Hulu, so she didn't got, have black hair in that, did she? No, she, she was brown. like dirty blonde. Yeah, it's kind of weird looking. You know, you're so used yeah. to her doing the Elizabeth Taylor black hair. God, she's so hot. Yeah, she was at a uh, whorehound. Uh, and I missed it. Times. Yeah, you missed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, Drank some beer and sat shirtless and watched Mean Streets for the first time in over a decade and loved it this time. I I, I saw it and I, I must have not finished it because I really didn't remember about ninety percent of it. Um, it must have been something I started and like fell asleep and never could get back to because I didn't for whatever reason have a good memory of it. Um, I don't really either. I I think that I saw like uh, maybe. Raging Bull and Goodfellas and 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 you know I was in a Scorsese thing and and people were like you know oh, you should see oh this movie's so good it's so good oh if you think those are good you'll really love this and I watched it and I was very underwhelmed yeah and I go back and visit it now I think you might feel differently about it De Niro's really good Kaitel's really good I really like the kind of I guess a, it's a twist on the gangster film which I guess he's known for but this was pretty early on. Um, because it's all like young punks, you know, and they're, ju- yeah. they're none of them are made like all, all he does, all Kaitel does in it is one. I like the, his weighing, um, kind of, uh, his worry that he'll like go to hell basically versus what he wants to be doing in life and, uh, how he's always kind of just listening in on his uncle who is, uh, apparently like well-respected in the, in the organized crime, uh, circuit. Um, he's always just kind of listening in and kind of wants to pattern himself after that, but he has this like loser friend and you know, his kind of, don't we all play? Yeah. Justin. And this, uh, wait, what? (laughs) Come on. I'm sorry, Justin. I'm going to give him a hug when I see him. I didn't say that, Justin. I'm going to give him a bear hug. Um, the, uh, you know, and like, and his like kind of plain girlfriend that he wants, he wants the, he wants the hot exotic chick, but, 
kid is still hung up on the kind of the plain next door neighbor girl and so it's it's good i liked it a lot and the soundtrack's pretty incredible so were you gonna say something i was but i'm not going to now okay um let's see no i wouldn't i wasn't even saying that. i was just i watched a uh sydney poitier bobby darren movie mm. peter falk also made an appearance called pressure point um this is about a nazi who is in prison bobby darren plays the nazi portier plays uh the prison psychiatrist and when uh the nazi is having problems sleeping he's like paranoid and um mm. so it's kind of portier's job to kind of get like help re, you know recuperate him and of course you know bobby darren just sits there and talks about why he's better than him and blah 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 it's it's really cool and it's it's odd that i chose to watch it this week because it ended up being the same director of the night of the following day yeah and it's hubert hubert cornfield uh hubert cornfield did this movie in 1962 and he didn't direct anything else until the night of the following day in 68 so kind of weird that i chose these movies because i never even heard of pressure point before but it was good i haven't either it's on netflix instant so check it out um, I watched Howl's Moving Castle. This is a studio. I always want to say Ghibli, but I heard some trailers and they call it Ghibli. Anyway, uh, Studio Ghibli um, picture from 2004 or five. This is one I hadn't seen. I'd seen Spirited Away and a few other ones. Um, this one's pretty good. Uh, it's kind of like witches and wizards, but <coughs> steampunky. Ugh. The moving castle is a, <laughs> this, the moving castle is this giant like machine with these spindly little legs, and it's about a a, a kind of a homely uncom uh, like kind of just I don't know quiet girl that works in a hat shop that gets tied up in this whole thing, and she gets this spell cast on her by this witch that makes her old, so she's going into the waste to kind of break the spell and. Uh, that's what happened to me. A witch made me old. <laughs> Several of them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> waka waka. Um, but it's 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 uh, just like a lot of the Miyazaki movies. It's just super imaginative. Like some of the stuff. Like I, I, after I finish these movies, I'm always like, somebody's got to be on fucking drugs to come up with this shit, man. Because <laughs> there's some just wild stuff in there. Um, it's good if you like Miyazaki movies. So. Um. Uh, I've seen better animation, though, I have to say. Uh, let's see. Uh, the only other thing I watched, besides the two for the show, was... Um, so I was thinking about either watching another um, another Fassbender, uh, because there's a scene in it that we'll talk about that he made into in a complete movie later on in the 70s. Um, and that movie and this story from uh, American Soldier was also pulled from... A Godard movie, and I was going to watch one of those, but I decided instead to watch a Reffin, maybe the only feature-length Nicholas Winding Reffin movie that I hadn't seen was Bleeder. Um, I don't know that it's ever got a release here. It's uh, 99. It's Mads Mikkelsen and the guy from Pusher. Uh, It's got a couple guys from Pusher. That Zlatko Burek guy who plays the kind of older gangster-y guy in the Pusher movies, which you haven't seen, but um, the Mads Mikkelsen plays this kind of nerdy guy that lives, uh, that works at a video store. And he just like, all he talks about is Fred Williamson and Frank of Nero, like the whole movie and Bruce Lee and stuff. Um, 
it's pretty cool. Uh, it's pretty fucked up. The the kind of the the way it resolves. Um, uh, Kim Kim Bodnia is the he's the guy from the first Pusher movie. I think he was in the first Pusher movie. He's the kind of the main star of it, and it's him and his girlfriend that live together. And um, yeah, it's uh it's good. It's kind of like tying. They're all kind of, well, some of them are kind of obsessed with action movies of the 70s, but then it's like contrasting that with real life like throughout the movie. You know, they're watching these guys with guns and karate and shit on the screen, but then, you know, one guy buys a gun and everybody's like, what the fuck do you need that for? And, uh, you know, he's dealing with like his girlfriend. So you don't have to go learn karate. Yeah, it's true. His girlfriend is pregnant and he's having to deal with like, you know, his family's getting ready to happen and stuff. It's, it's, it's cool. It's a good movie and it gets pretty violent. Uh, if you've seen any reffing, you know, that's probably expected. So, and that's all I watched. Um, so, um, why don't we talk about American soldier first? Good. Good. Let's take a break. Oh, another, this is from, was this Denmark also? Or is, is Fassbender just purely German? Um, let's take a break and, Come back and we'll do American Soldier. We'll be right back. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Do you like podcasts where a guy talks about movies? It's not that very encouraging, but okay. You should tune in to Justin Oberholter's Filmwave, where each week I review a couple of movies and whatever else comes to mind. Now, does that sound good? Really? What if I got you a celebrity endorsement? Hey, this is Sylvester Stallone. Listen to Justin Oberholtz's film rave. This guy's the cinematicist. He watches all the films that star Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ah, much better. So tune in to Justin Oberholtz's film rave. Go to freakingawesomenetwork.com, filmrave.lips.com, or subscribe on iTunes. American soldier, der Amerikansch Soldat, uh, directed by Rainer Werner Fassbinder, and starring some people and stuff. Mm, um, yes, people. I don't recognize any names in this. Eh, Who was it? What was his friend's name? I, I felt like he looked kind of like Fassbinder. Was that him? Uh, the one uh, Waltz, Waltz? With, the, with the mustache. Yeah, with the wore the black leather jacket. No, I guess not. I can't remember his name in the movie. Anyway, um, so this is a kind of a. I can read the summary here. It's a revisionist film noir. So Ricky is a cold-blooded German-American contract killer. 
After serving in Vietnam, he returns to his hometown of Munich to eliminate a few problem crooks for three renegade cops. He inspects his own neighborhood with his childhood accomplice, Franz Walsh. That is Fassbender. Oh, okay. He looked like him. And pays a short visit to his mother and doting brother. Fuck, just tell the whole fucking movie. Um, Yeah, so hotel clerk and shit. Uh, Zom, (laughs) what did you think of this movie? These were both your picks, so. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> now, I um I can't remember how I saw this or why cuz when, you know, I didn't know who Fastbender was when I saw it. I just I think I picked it up at a video store or something that was closing. Some some deal like that because I thought, eh, I wonder what this is, you know. So how did it end up on your living room floor? Um <laughs> let me see. I was going to revisit it here oh, recently. Okay. I just thought, eh, you know, I remember watching this and just Oh, so you'd seen this before? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But I, I saw this before. I saw before we reviewed Quirrell. I saw oh. this. Uh, uh, I don't know, quite a while ago. Cool. Um, because and the thing that stood out for me when I was watching it, and w- we were talking about the the uh, other movie, is um, that I started watching it, and first of all, it, it was just so fucking odd. <laughs> that I I was like, wait a minute, is this supposed to be funny? Because I'm certainly laughing at how odd and how weird and um, well, just I'm, ki- I'm, ki- I'm kind of getting the feeling now that he has. I mean, granted, now the only two Fastbender Felix I've seen are this and Corel, but yeah. that it, it I'm getting a similar kind of feel to his the way he directs actors and has yeah. it's very it's a, it has to be intentionally done. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, that's what they were saying. Like, with this, you know, people described it as uh, his uh, take on film noir. But um, other people said that it's just him totally dismantling uh, the film noir genre and just being as subversive as he could be as far as the way that the people, like, they're... And this the their dialogue is just really goofy or not goofy but just well it almost is i mean and it, it's yeah. it, you get a feeling at times that he might even be making fun of the that style of film oh exactly and and just like the people just are like posing mm-hmm. uh they <laughs> but i remember watching this and there's definitely we'll talk about the ending later <laughs> <laughs> but um okay you got you got this guy Ricky, and that's another thing. When I got the the movie, it says the American Soldier, so I thought, okay, it might be like a a, a fish out of water or something like that, or an expatriated uh, American. Like if if it would have been another director, they might have had like a uh, Burt Lancaster or Robert Mitchum or something, almost like the the uh, Yakuza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in this movie, the 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 guy Ricky. Who is the lead, uh, played by Carl Scheidt? Scheidt. Carl Scheidt. S C H E Y. It might be Scheidt. Yeah. I guess it would be Scheidt. Uh, <laughs> he is supposedly, or well, he's an, an um, he is the titular American soldier. He was in Vietnam, blah blah blah, and um, he's he's apparently maybe born in Germany and then 
uh, grew up there and then went to America, enlisted and everything. But he never speaks English, and you, you never would, unless, with the exception of them saying, the American soldier and, pe- and a couple people saying, oh, you're an American. You know, he never speaks English. He's as German as German can be. Yeah. Um, but he, there's some scenes in this. First of all, some of the car driving scenes, I thought, I couldn't figure out if they were driving in front of a screen or not. It's hard to tell. Because he's certainly moving the steering wheel a lot, and the car isn't like <laughs> going around. But so there were some scenes like that where he's just like driving, and in the in the first scene, he's driving with this chick, and um, boozing it up. I can't remember what the hell they were drinking, but it was he his. He likes drink. whiskey. He drinks whiskey a lot. Oh, he drinks it straight out of the fucking bottle, and I mean, it's like that's what he wants. If he orders a meal, he gets like a whole bottle. <laughs> if he's uh, like doing anything, he's got this, and um, he certainly, you know, I guess the way that a, a macho guy in a gangster. Now, this is this is supposed to, it's set up like a gangster movie, but even though he dresses like a gangster in a in a noir from the 30s or 40s. <laughs> it or takes whatever. place in the 70s. It takes place in the 70s. They make no pretense. That's when it is and everything. Um, but it's kind of like he, he a guy would you know treat a, you know all the dames or the broads. <laughs> right. Actually. He treats all these women like just <laughs> it's it's hilarious. If you think I treat women, <laughs> <laughs> I need a like, yeah. I need a I need a woman, but a classy one this time. Yeah, I want a classy one. Enough of these dirty whores. <laughs> but, like, he just, the, the one girl was, like, right in the car with him, and she'll start saying, you know, I wish this and that and everything. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and just fucking throws her ass off. K- kicks her out of the fucking car and then, like, scares the shit out of her by fl- firing blanks at her while yeah. she's laying on the ground. She's certain she's going to be dead. And, and um, it's funny because, like, even though he's wearing a suit that kind of reminds you, and the cops do too, but especially his suit that kind of reminds you of a gangster suit, mm-hmm. it's still, it's like, the, I think the, it doesn't really look, I don't know how to say it, 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 it looks something like uh, something from the, from well, it the looks second. like a costume. It looks like a costume, yeah. Yes. And um, so then, apparently, you know, the story, when we, when you said, you know, why don't you go first to cover this? The story is um, secondary, like I said, to to the style oh, and, definitely. and the camera work and everything. There are times in this movie where, okay, there was one scene where they're in, in, at the um, police department and the, I guess it would be like the captain of the police is talking to these three policemen. Okay, now the one policeman... He definitely looks like kind of like dressed like a from the the forties or thirties or forties with the gangster looking suit on, but he's got a goatee, so that kind of th- yeah. Looks <laughs> then the one dude looks like they he's put him like, on the cover too, which is kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, and, and you know you you would think that he was like the main guy, but he's not. That the there's three cops. There's that guy with the goatee. There's a who's kind of a burly guy. There's a guy that kind of looks like Mr. Peepers or something, and he doesn't even look like a cop. He looks like <laughs> somebody they, 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 that you, they would normally have play like a weird doctor or something. Mm-hmm. And then there's this big fat-faced guy that's kind of sweaty. But the whole thing is, in this scene, you couldn't help but notice 
that Fassbender was the way he was moving the camera like a total you would think it was a, a total amateur <laughs> that didn't know what they were doing because as the captain would say something they put the camera right on him then he would say something they would move the camera it, it wouldn't be like cut from one to the next he would move the camera to the other guy's face then the next guy's face then the next guy's face and then go back to the, that guy's face then the next the, he would go for, from left to right then right to left, then left. To, I mean, he did that like ten times in that scene, and it looks so weird. Weird. Yeah. Like I said, if if um, if it was somebody that said, "Okay, we're giving a camera to uh, this guy. He's never shot a movie in his life, or whatever," and he's going to, but you know, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He knows how to use the camera and this and that. Now, I, you know, we talked before with Corel and everything, but I, you know, I, I, I had heard that he was quite the dick to work for. Like he was like a, a goddamn tyrant and everything. But you can imagine, like, if these people are, which I think some of them probably weren't professional actors, and they didn't really need to be no. because it added to the strange awkwardness. And although, everything. although Inga was probably a professional singer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, <laughs> Ricky, um, who is the American soldier, he um, is a hitman, and um, he doesn't really seem to give a shit about like anything. Like he's just <laughs> like, if somebody would have come up and said, "Hey, we're gonna blow your fucking brains out," he'd be like, uh, "Go ahead, blow my brains out. What do I care?" You know, uh, even when he's killing people. Or um, he doesn't change his expression the entire. It's just movie. like he just is void. I mean, he's just like when we were just saying about how life sucks, and I said it doesn't get any better. <laughs> da, 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 da. That's like that's like this, except we're laughing sort of sometimes. <laughs> Want to cry? But uh, anyway, so uh, apparently, see, I thought, uh, and I've seen this twice, so I thought that Ricky was working for like his bosses like mafia guys but now I guess these and, and then I thought that the, the, the three cops that were after him were just kind of fucking with him and they were calling him and saying hey you need to do this you need to do that and he was thinking that it was what I, what I, uh, bosses or something what I think it was I don't I think the I think the cops were hiring him all along because right. they had, they, either they were crooked and had fucked something up and needed somebody to clean it up, and the plan all along was to just get rid of him after they were done and not actually give well, him all this I, money they were promising him. Do you think that he knew that they were the ones? Because I didn't think that when he was taking the phone calls, I didn't think that he knew that these guys were the cops. The, no, they, they were I don't think he knew they were cops. I think he was just given a job, and I don't know right. how he how they got in touch with him. They don't really cover that at all. Because it, when it starts... I really like the way it opens too, with the cops sitting around playing poker with in the, the dirty fucking cards. Yeah, the the, the nudie playing and they cards. They were dirty. I mean, nudie wasn't even the word for it. They had like pictures of people cock. sucking people's dicks and everything else. Yeah, just like that nine. erect cock between two tits and stuff. That was pretty funny. But <laughs> the and one the, guy's the, like, oh, <laughs> the one mustache like, dude was so distracted he could not concentrate at all. Yeah, he's he was like, like I so like this hot. one. He was like, what one's that? And you know, because if he would have said, he would have gave away what he had in his hand. But the uh, that angle with them playing cards in the background and those, that that kind of slutty chick painting her toenails right in the foreground, but that was kind of cool. But you know, they get the call and they're just like, "He's here." 
and that's really all it is. Like you don't get them uh, initially reaching out to him or anything like that. So yeah, there's the, there, there's a lot of uh, nothing's. There's a lot of stuff that's not like really spelled out. Like and there's the dialogue is is sparse and funny at times, uh, a lot. Um, but. Now, I could see where someone would watch this and be like, what the fuck? You know, blah, blah. But <laughs> I find this movie, that's why I wonder if you, because maybe it's just me, but I'm even just talking about it. I'm laughing just at how, because it's so goofy and so silly. Well, I think, uh, it, uh, you know, I think to best enjoy this movie, look at it as kind of a, maybe even like almost a, a pretentious take on, not pretentious as in, like you need to be have an artistic mind, but he's kind of just making fun of the whole film noir mythos. In yeah, general. but it's not. But the thing is, it's not like a full blown comedy. It's not like Mel no, Brooks. no, not at all. It's it's not, not, I, to me, it's not like uh, there's. I I would almost have to say it's not a comedy at all. But it it just is. No, it's it's definitely not a comedy. But the everybody's just so like like kind of just walking through it. And some of the stuff is just so absurd. I think it's it's you know it's not a uh, it's not an airplane. It's not a, one of those stupid. Yeah. But scary I mean, do you think movies. it's like pretentious? Uh, you know, like fast. I don't get that feeling. Like he's bashing you over the head. Like I'm making uh, I'm I'm yeah. this. I'm making fun of this or whatever. And why I'm hesitant to use the word pretentious. Pretentious would be if he's trying like an artistic vision of and and paying homage to film noir. I right. think he was this European guy that was proud of European movies and thought that these 30s American movies that we shit. so celebrated were probably shit and then, <laughs> and just wanted to make fun of them. I mean, this guy goes around he's looking for porn. He he fucking <laughs> eat, he he eats a steak with ketchup and a glass of tomato juice. It's like <laughs> he's like uh uh, when th- he said he was looking for information on somebody, and they said, uh, you know, there's this girl, blah 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 blah. She sells porn. Well, then he goes into this bar, and and like I said, I don't know if it, it was just so funny because I mean, can you imagine how embarrassed, <laughs> embarrassed? <laughs> he, But obviously, he did. He's just like, I want to buy some porn. And yeah, like he knew that was going to steer him in the right direction, but and the uh, and the, well, they, <laughs> she opens up a box and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you would think he was asking to buy drugs or something. She goes, he, this chick's so drunk. She's sitting in this thing, and all she does is sit there and sell fucking porno magazines or whatever. He, she opens up this fucking little uh, case or whatever, and she's got these fucking grungy porno magazines. He's like five hundred. <laughs> it's like what? Um, and, well, you know what's really funny too that is his fuck. I, I really laughed at this how uh, uh, Ricky has fucking tan lines. Yes, you see oh his my God. big white ass in this one so, scene. <laughs> somebody said, "Ask on our group, is there any ass in this?" And you know, I'm assuming that they meant women. <laughs> and I said, "Oh hell yeah, this biggest James Garner's," because that's one thing that stuck with me. Like probably two years, I haven't seen this movie. Was him laying on the. All right, had a little technical problem there. Uh, you were saying you hadn't seen it in two years. Okay, and the one thing that I do remember, or I did remember, was um, his big white ass. Yeah, they even framed it at one point in the bed frame, and it looked like with the position that his hat, his fedora was kind of laying on the bedpost, it almost looked like his white ass was wearing the hat, like kind of <laughs> to the side. And, and the thing is, it's funny because he, 
I guess because of how guys are in the old noir movies or whatever, but apparently Ricky has a way with women. Like when he <laughs> yeah. stays at this hotel, he just, uh, you know, he orders like, well, I mean, right when the, the, they just, he went up to his hotel and the woman shows him his room, uh, he just grabs her and just plants a big kiss on, on her. And then she's just like in a daze. And she just stands there like she's like kind of swaying back and forth like, oh, my God, you know. And he's doing all this shit. And then he turns around and he's like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so she leaves. Well, then later on that plays into it again, which was kind of a weird, funny thing. When we were talking about his big white ass. He asks for a hooker. And he calls down to like the front desk and he's like, I want a woman. So I guess, you know, in, in uh, Germany at this time, you could just call your front desk and room service was not only just food. So <laughs> he, he, uh, he he's laying on the bed like he's just fucking out of it. Um, he, it, it, like I said, it's just like when you wake up after a hangover or your mom wakes you up to go to school and he's laying on his stomach and, and he's just like, uh, just laying there. <laughs> he's tan all over except his white, bright white ass from wearing like Speedos or something. And when the girl comes, the, the hooker comes, he's just like, come in. So she comes in. He doesn't move. He doesn't. He just like laying there with face down into the pillow yep. with his big white ass and and he's like get undressed so she gets undressed and he still just sits i mean he does not move at all so then she gets on the bed with him and their love making was uh it, it was about like um what was the movie we reviewed last week and they, <laughs> oh, they the, just rolled around <laughs> The fucking uh, the uh, Ted Pryor and the Ted Pryor movie. God, yeah. what was the name of that? <laughs> I've already forgotten. <laughs> but anyway, possessed by just, the night. They, he just kind of rolls over on his side, and they start kissing. Well, the 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 way the uh, maid or waitress or whatever no maid waitress maid whatever the fuck she was <laughs> yeah, the he planted the kiss on comes in, and she's just like uh, you know this <laughs> and. So he just he doesn't even look up. He doesn't pay attention to her, and I think she she was all excited because he he must be a hell of a kisser. But he's laying there with this naked woman, and they're and and they don't even look like they're really kissing. They just look like they're just kind of and they don't even move. He just puts his arm around her, and they have yeah. their faces together. And so she just goes over and sits on the edge of the bed. Yeah. It's her telling this story. To, I don't know who the fuck. She's talking directly into the camera. And she's yeah. telling this story about this uh, older woman that, and this is okay. So the the it makes no sense. well the the um the the movie that I was going to watch this week is or was uh, Ali, Fear yeah. Eats the Soul. That story that the that the the maid or whatever she was tells is the story that he made into this movie in seventy four. Well, there you go. Of the older <laughs> Spanish, I think she said, um, woman who is picked up by this Turkish man, and um, she ends up getting murdered, and the only thing they can find is the A from the insignia on a ring around her neck, uh, or where the hands that crushed her neck that left the imprint of the A, and so uh, it's a Turkish ring, and they, so they just go around the city asking everybody, every Turk named Ali, uh, but, but as far as this movie goes, it just makes no fucking sense. No, yeah, it's totally out of the blue. And she <laughs> it's so weird, like these weird stage performances because they're leaving at one point and she's out in the hallway, like, you know, 
freaking out over like boyfriend breaking up with her with a big spike in her hand. Speaking of yeah. spike, the fucking when I was watching Starcade this week, fucking uh, I, I guess it was Greg. Uh, no, um, Hart. What was that guy's name? Gary Hart. Yeah. Fucking came in. It was uh, I don't even remember who was wrestling. Kevin Sullivan was in the match. And Mark fucking Lewin. Mark Lewin, yeah, and. He pulled out this giant fucking spike, and this dude just started spiking everybody, and they were just gushing blood. He 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 stabbed uh, uh, King Kong Mosca in the damn arm, and that shit was bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> it's just big weird spike thing. Uh, anyway, that was the golden spike when he was <laughs> double forward. But anyway, <laughs> we're digressing big time. We go from Fastbender and uh, <laughs> the big white. But you know, I guarantee you, Fastbender was like, man, I like that big white ass. Um, so yeah. anyway. Um, Ricky also, well, like you said, he, he hooks up with, um, his buddy, uh, 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 Walsh. Walsh, yeah, Walsh. And he's calling, like, information, and he's asking to speak to Walsh, and, and the woman says, how do you spell that? He says, W as in war, A as in Alamo, L as in Lenin, <laughs> S as in science fiction. He actually says C science fiction. Crime. C is in crime and H is in hell. I wrote that down too. I was wondering if it meant anything. I was trying to. No, no, what's funny is, is like you know most if you're. <laughs> He's not saying like Walter Alpha Tango. It's a, you yeah, know it's. D is in dog or something. Like that. All right. S is in science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, it, which Walsh is his is his high, like a uh, uh, high school or. Uh, grammar school or whatever buddy yeah so they go on like a little tour of where they used to live which was just it meant nothing i mean i guess it did but i yeah but it's funny and um so then he goes to visit his mother now this reminded me of a lot of um, only god forgives his mother wasn't as completely overt uh, <laughs> with her shit as uh christian scott thomas in only God forgives, but there was some weird shit going on there, and there was definitely some weird shit going on with his brother, with his his bruta, uh, his muta and bruta. Uh, his brother apparently uh, is now. They said uh, his doting brother in the description. His brother is in love with Ricky. I mean, he wants to fuck Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, at least that's what I got. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. He's like, uh, <laughs> Ricky shows and they're both like, "Oh my God, it's Ricky!" And his mother's like, "You know, um, how are you?" And everything. And like I said, he's just kind of like, just like Dolly's, like, eh, "There's this and that and everything." And then his brother, it reminded me of a, like a Liberace, um, and he's just the way he looks. I mean, he looks like fucking like Liberace or something, and um, so. They, they, he, he comes in, he hasn't seen them in years and years and years mm -hmm. and he comes in, he like, gets a drink or whatever. Then he plays pin, his mother kind of stands there and you know, like in the uh, only God forgives when Kristen Scott Thomas like starts just like takes her finger and runs it down. Ryan Gosling's like triceps and shit. And you're like, Ugh. <laughs> oh, no. well, when they, when she first sees him, she's like, oh, I've missed you so much. She's like hugging his ass cheeks. Yeah, hugging his ass cheeks. And so anyway, um, I wonder if he has a fucking speedo tan line too. Oh god! Oh yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> so anyway, uh, his brother they 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 decide to play pinball for some reason. That was really have, bizarre too. Yeah, they have a pinball machine, and then Ricky's just like 
Uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> they're like, they're so glad. Oh my God, he's here. And they're like looking at him like, oh my God, he's here. Oh my God, I can't believe it. And they're like, they're, they're just mesmerized by him and everything. And he's just like, all right, I'm leaving. And he just, he like, he just doesn't give a shit and he leaves. And as soon as he leaves, his brother's over there. He's like, <laughs> he has like a nervous fucking breakdown. <laughs> so anyway, now the three cops, um, they're kind of getting Ricky to, I, like you said, do their dirty work or whatever. And they know he's there and they're like the kill. They just keep calling him the killer. So they need someone to go and um, he calls for another, another whore. Uh, you know, but he's like, he wants a classy one this time. So for some reason, the one cop with the goatee, his girlfriend is the one when they were playing cards and everything. She's just hanging around. And uh, I thought, now she's a female cop, I think. Wasn't she? I thought she was a female cop because she had a gun and everything. She was uh, going to go. Yeah, she pulled out a, yeah, I don't and, know. And he was like, leave the gun. Where? And she she didn't want to go. And he's like, no. If you, and she goes, but I love you. And he goes, well, that's why you're going. You know, if you look like basically, if you love me, you're, you're going to go and, and, and get information from this guy or what mm-hmm. he's going to do and all this net. So she goes, well, then Ricky is so overpowering with his, his sexuality. <laughs> Even though when he's like making love, his making love is basically Rolling like, around he, a little bit. he lays there and he's like, come here. And, you know, or not like that. I mean, his voice isn't even like that, but he's just like, come here. And they lay on the bed and they smooch and with his big white ass. And then, <laughs> and then that's it. I don't, yep. you know, you don't even see him fucking or anything. And so she just like, I guess he wins her over with his, like, it's like in this world, in, in the world that Fastbender's in, it's like, if the guy totally doesn't give a shit, he he doesn't even care if the woman's even there. Blah blah blah. They just are like, oh my god, he's like he's playing hard together. <laughs> so anyway, she becomes totally enamored with him. But anyway, that that the, the, the it's like I said, it's kind of odd to talk about the movie because there's there's so it's so odd, but. There's one part of it, and I'm not going to give any spoilers away or anything, but this is the second thing that I remember the most about this movie from watching it like so many years ago, was the end, there's something that happens, and I swear to God, when I watched it the first time, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the, you mean, are you talking about the drawn out? The rea- yes, the yeah, reaction yeah. <laughs> and the drawn out thing that happens. And it just goes on and on and on, and I'm like, "Holy shit, he's not good." I mean, this this is this is so absurd. <laughs> and it just goes on and on and on, and Fassbender just keeps going. And and there's a song, and I looked it up, and of course, since the the fucking internet disconnected, I had to reboot, so I don't have it up. But there's a song that plays throughout this fucking movie, and it's kind of cool. I actually liked it. <laughs> but they play it. They it's the same song. Uh, and they play it. Oh, oh it's called uh, "With My Tear" mm-hmm. or "With My Tears," and uh, it, it says performed by Ingrid Cavan uh, K- K- or Cavan. And I guess Fassbender must have wrote it or something. But they it just plays over and over and over, and it's actually kind of catchy from the beginning to the end. They play it over and over, yeah. and at the at the very end, they're playing it when this abs- colossal absurdity is going on. <laughs> I want to say what it is, but if, if the people that are listening have never. Seen this? I don't want to give it. 
Right, right, right. Because <laughs> I'm laughing even just thinking it's so stupid that that I mean that at that point I'm like, okay, this is being done. When I was first watching it, I thought, okay, is this just some art house fucking movie and it's just weird for weird sake? But then when that happened at the end, I was like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He's doing this shit intentionally. This is, <laughs> and I was just even this time. I was it. And it I couldn't believe how long it just keeps oh, going God. and going and going. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what, I mean, that's about all I... Like yeah, I, I said, I this is an odd one to talk about. I don't have a lot else either. There's a couple times where Ricky looked like Channing Tatum when he was yeah, had that hat on. That. But then there was another time, right after that, he looks up into the camera almost, and he looked like the dad from one to years for a minute. <laughs> I will say this, though. he uh, Even though he... He totally doesn't really do anything or say anything. He's still got more charisma than Channing Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, but it's this um, to almost be a tongue-in-cheek kind of feeling movie. It's it's really well shot. Like, I mean, and I guess I guess it wouldn't be doing justice to if he is in fact poking fun at film noir, which which was known for its look, its aesthetic. You know, it's. I mean, uh, first and foremost, anyway, mm-hmm. it wouldn't, it, you know, it wouldn't, you can't take it seriously if he doesn't try at least to work on his aesthetic. And it, he does a really, I mean, it's really cool. It's really well shot. Like it's, it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a hyper, hyper low budget movie, but um, right. it's, 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 I mean, it's, it is black and white. It is filmed and it's very contrasty. So the shadows are very well done. Um, but the, the contrasty film does make his white ass extra white. Uh, yes. But, the um, <laughs> the um, like there's a shot when he walks into the bar, and um, the way it's framed, like the mirror, there's a mirror next to the entrance. Uh, so in this scene is him seeing his girlfriend for the first time in years and years, uh, but she turns around to look at him. So with that mirror next to the entrance, he's standing there looking at her, and she's looking at him. But you see both of them, both of their faces at the same time. I thought that was really. I thought there was a really cool little twist. Like, how would you like to go? Like there. you go into this place, and there's this girl that you obviously were in love with at one time or whatever. But your whole point of being there is to go in and say, "I went to buy some porn." <laughs> he didn't even give a shit though. Ricky was yeah, like, that. he didn't care about anything. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, I, I. Uh, this is a this is a short movie too. It just rolls right along. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. No pun intended. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was cool. I liked it. I mean, it's it'll. I was wondering because I thought you were going to be. I I I didn't know how you. But I was. I thought you were going to be like, what the fuck? (laughs) This thing was so. But it is. It's. It's. There's. There's. There's more there than meets the eye. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. And but I am a film. I am a fan of film noir. I'm not. I'm not an expert by on it on it by any means. So. Um, it was cool seeing that that side of it, but at the same time, it's kind of funny that I could just see him being a dick and just making fun of American film in general from that era. So, yeah, I've I've heard, like I said, just about everything I've heard was people that work with him said he was a. I can't remember who it was. Uh, oh God, it was on another podcast. Uh, I I think it might have been on um, Projection Booth. Uh, they were talking to a. Um, a, a cinematographer or something mm-hmm. that worked with Fassbender and he had worked with someone else. Uh, I think Kubrick or something like that. And he said Fassbender was a fucking total <laughs> <asshole>. <laughs> You know, he was a, such a jerk. Oh, and you know, another interesting way, which I mean, 
I guess you expect it with Fassbender, but one of the guys he set out to kill was this gypsy, but the gypsy's like is gay. And you definitely wouldn't see a gay character done that way in a normal film noir. Yeah. I um, mean, you know, that poor guy thought thought Ricky was there for some... Uh, yeah, some he st- thought he was going to get some of that pale, <laughs> that white, white ass. He was there for some dicking, and he, did, he didn't get what he wanted. So. Well, um, even, even the, when Ricky would shoot people, like, it, I, I mean, it, it was just kind of like, uh, I don't know, he, he shoots that, that guy. Well, the way people die is very, it's very, like... Grade school, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's it's just so uh, you know, kind of. But anyway, f- all flaily and like over dramatic, <laughs> and yeah, and but and the one when he shoots the guy and the girl together, she dies first, and the dude just stands there the whole time. Just he doesn't like panic. He's just like, what? 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 He was drunk though, wasn't he? He was just like kind of like, yeah. I know, but I don't. I don't care how drunk you are, unless you're falling over. If somebody gets shot right next to you, you're gonna fucking sober up pretty quick. What the fuck? That's true. Uh, what it was? So uh, we can go ahead and rate it. Oh, this is a hard one to rate. It's like it's like I want to say it's a personal favorite, <laughs> just because I I find it so amusing. I got uh, probably a solid eight of laughter out of this. Movie. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I give it a seven point seven five. I liked it too. The um, I mean, I, I don't know if I would have liked it for two hours, but at an hour and sixteen, hey, it's you know it's it it it's beautiful to look at at times, and it's it's it's. It's cold. <laughs> it's, it's definitely it's, different. Yeah, it's different. It's it's good. I like it. Um, so cool. Uh, seven point seven five and an eight. Uh, let's take a break and come back and do an, another weird one. <laughs> Maybe we can f- somehow work out a double out of the feel of these movies. Jesus, <laughs> the tone of them. Um, <laughs> cool. Night of the following day. Right after this. Jaw. <laughs> about something very important today. That's outside the cinema. I know a lot of you listening now enjoy the film world. Boy, outside the cinema covers all kinds of good films. If you're looking for the classics, perhaps you're looking for a good old Nazi film where the Nazis torture and rape everyone in sight. Or giant monsters crawl from the sea. Or perhaps an Italian film where Edward's finish takes her clothes off for no apparent reason. Or renegade bikers just do whatever they damn well please. Perhaps even occasionally turn into a werewolf. Then Outside the Cinema is your place to go. That's www.outsidethecinema.com Outside the Cinema, your source for cult movie discussion. Blame Mr. Joe Don Baker on our Facebook group for this one. Fuck's wrong, man. <laughs> oh, this makes me angry. <laughs> Listen how auto-tuned this chick sounds. Fucking Celine Dion and somebody I've never heard of. Oh my 
god, I think I actually have heard that before. Fucking Celine Dion doing air guitar is enough to make you want to punch an old lady in the face. Yeah. All right, our next movie of the day. God damn it, why that song? Really? Um, <laughs> the the night of the following day. I didn't watch what the what the songs were going to be this year. I didn't see it. Oh god. Uh, you want to synopsize? Two men kidnap a girl off the streets, take her to a beach house owned by a drug addicted stewardess, and hold her for ransom. That is the worst synopsis. That is <laughs> that, that, that is a totally different movie. Uh, so this movie, and there's parts of it in there that are close, but I mean that's fucking whoever wrote that is a fucking idiot. <laughs> kidnap her off the streets. Yeah, that and there's a drug addicted stewardess that owns a house. Well, guess what? They're now she's dead. Yeah. Fucking stupid. So this stars uh, Marlon Brando, plays, now they say Bud. I don't remember them ever calling him anything in the movie. Yeah, they called him Bud. Oh, did they? I don't like know, a bunch it, of times. <laughs> well, did they call him Bud or was it like, was he saying, I thought he was just saying like friend or whatever. Like no, buddy. they called him Bud because uh, okay. that, that was also Marlon Brando's nickname when he was like a kid. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Richard Boone, um, Rita Moreno, who was hot but used to be hotter, and uh, Pamela Franklin plays the... The kidnapped lady. She was uh, fucking Rita Moreno was young in this. I mean, she was very young. But well, the not- older you get, the more like uh, if I was her age, I'd be like, oh, whatever. But now that I'm getting older, I looked at her and I'm like, God, she looks like a baby in the face, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember it's funny. The first thing I remember her from is Electric Company. Yeah, uh, yeah. I used to watch that when I was a kid, so I remember. She was one that. of those people that was all over the TV, mm-hmm. you know. Variety oh. shows and stuff because she was a dancer. And she was in Oz. I completely forgot about that fucking show. Well, I was talking about it this week. We were talking about where somebody wearing an Adabisi hat. And yeah, <laughs> just like glued to the side of your. your head. Yeah. But uh, I forgot she was in that too. She played like the the prison psychiatrist or something. So anyway, um, so this movie. <laughs> Had you seen this one before? Oh yeah. Okay, this one was a little weird. And I'm watching it, and I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. Um, so I, I, I implore anyone who, after hearing this review, that wants to see this, um, watch it first, then read about it afterwards, and then you'll laugh about all the things yeah. you just watched. Or if you have, like I said, if you have the DVD, <laughs> there's a special feature, which is Hubert Cornfield uh, talking about the whole movie and what happened during the making of the movie and everything. And, and, but the one thing you have to get through, and when I started listening to it, I was like, what the fuck? I watched a shoot interview with Buddy Roberts or Buddy Jack Roberts from the Freebirds. Well, he had like cancer, so he just has the hole in his throat to, so when he, uh, he has to put, well, he has to put his finger over the hole so he can speak Ugh. and then let take his finger off to let air in so he can breathe then put it back oh, he died last year and it sounds like this guy is is gurgling on his on like fluid he's like like gur- i mean it is so weird sounding but you just have to get through that because you know that's probably what it is yeah um so and I'm gonna. You're gonna have to. You're gonna fill in a lot here yeah. because I haven't. He- I haven't heard the. I did not hear the the um, the commentary. But w- w- the two things that make the end up making this funny is that, um, well, so Brando at this time, um, he had gone through a 
a turbulent 60s. Um, he had become quite an asshole if he wasn't <laughs> if he wasn't already. And, <laughs> and he had like just been like making flop after flop. And um, not only that, he didn't get along with Hubert Cornfield at all, apparently. And <laughs> so basically was, you know, he was doing his job uh, to he get wasn't making know, it easy. <laughs> he wasn't not making it easy. He was he was apparently was known to just keep making faces um, whenever he would try to get a still shot of, of Brando or anything. Um, he thought Cornfield was a was an idiot. Like he fucking hated the working on this movie. I read somewhere that like ten days before it, they asked what his like, before they started filming, they asked him what his next project was. He's like, I don't remember. <laughs> so maybe. Well, you know, but the thing that gets me is is. Um, it wasn't even supposed to be Brando. It, well, yeah, it was supposed to be Boone, right? So I guess Brando must have at this time been just. I mean, he he won the like Oscar or whatever for on the waterfront. He's like considered the greatest actor of our of that generation. Right, right, right. right. And so. Like you said, he had made some turds, and I think that that it was probably him just cashing checks. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, well, the fact that the fact that he was apparent, like, kind of brushing this off before he even he knew he was going to film it. Obviously, if it was yeah, be he knew who weeks. the director was and everything. So why would he be such a fuckhead? Because <laughs> because he, he can be, I guess. Yeah. So it was supposed to be Richard Boom in the lead role, and these cinnamon almonds are fucking delicious, <laughs> but. Um, now I believe at this time that it, it seemed like Brando actually did like have respect for Richard Boone. He was actually screwing and dating Rita Moreno, I think, at this time. Well, this was after because I read about that too. But they dated in the early '60s. Okay, and, and she tried to kill herself. She tried to kill herself in like '62 because he was married twice while they were still fucking. Oh, okay. See, I, I assumed that this was when they were. And this is already after. And this is this is because why few would years. you want to work with some dickhead that fucked you over? To the point that you want to kill yourself. So well, there's tell, a lot of shit going on. In yeah. This well, yeah. And then so yeah. So he thought he thought uh, Cornfield was an idiot. He even like he even got Boone to direct. He was said, "I'm not going to finish this bullshit movie unless Boone directs the last <laughs> the last scene." Well, um, and then Cornfield said, apparently, um, they went to him and said, "You know, we want." There was one scene where they he wanted Boone to direct, and he said, "No, we're going to do this or whatever." Yeah. Well, then. Uh, when it came down to the nitty gritty, I guess Brando was acting like such a jerk. He would he was getting drunk and everything else, showing up drunk and. Well, he yeah, I, I, he probably <laughs> talked about it in the in the commentary, but uh, it's Brando just because he hated Corfield tried to seduce his wife. Yeah, <laughs> um, and he he said right off the bat, Brando when he came on the set was just trying to embarrass him, Cornfield. Yeah. Uh, in front of the, the the cast and crew all the time and everything, so he said, you know, I knew that he was this prima donna asshole, blah 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 blah. So he, instead of getting mad and frustrated and throwing a uh, you know temper tantrum at Brando, he would say stuff like, um, "Okay, Mr. Brando, are you ready?" Or, or, or is Mr. Brando ready? And he said, you know, he was embarrassing him, you know, but passive aggressively. So then he said Brando start, started working with him. But then 
um, the the bathtub. There's a uh, the the bathtub scene, which I thought like uh, and and uh, well, Cornfield actually said that Rita Moreno was the the best uh, he had ever worked with. She was uh, really good in this. Best actor or actress, and and the bathtub scene was fucking with her was excellent, but. Brando thought when they shot the, uh, the 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 scene where Rita Moreno she she is a former heroin addict and she is so nervous about this this kidnapping and right. being involved in it and everything that she snorts some cocaine or co- not cocaine heroin and um yeah she's, she's like fuck go- fuck snorting lines I'm snorting a pile of cocaine yeah it was a pile. <laughs> and um, so anyway, she's just zonked out, and she's in the bathtub, and she's just like nodding and everything. Brando comes in. Well, he thought that the whole scene was going to be basically where he was going to be sitting on the edge of the tub, and all you would see was him, and you really wouldn't see her, just him talking to her. <laughs> it was completely framed differently. Yeah, well, Cornfield said, you know, no, I want the the camera to almost be like you're in the tub with her. Well, piss Brando off, so he got he threw a, ta- a, t- a like a tantrum and left. And they said when he came back, he was totally shit faced drunk. So you can see when you watch the movie, especially in that scene, they cut back and forth. Yeah, because he did he did say Brando. He said he was such a professional, and he said that in several scenes where he said he's such a professional that even though he was fucking pissed drunk, that he still pulled it off. But he said I had to cut back and forth and this and that. Yeah, I mean, there's a few scenes where you only see her face. You hear him talking, but all you see is like his ass on the side of the tub and her yeah. face in the tub, like right above the water. But, but the one thing I remember about this movie, because I'm like a big brand. Right. I've always liked him. He's an interesting guy, but um, I do think that he got so much power and he was known for being so good. It's like Mickey Rourke at one time was sort of the same way. Not to that level, I don't think, but um, but where if you watch if you look at some of Mickey Rourke's movies, once he reaches a certain point, uh like after Pope of Greenwich Village and stuff like that, where they were like, Man, this guy's fucking good. He makes some shit movies. There's a string of shit movies, mm-hmm. but he's still good in all of them. But he starts it's almost like he's playing with a toy, like, okay, I, I'm going to work and I'm doing this, but I can get away with murder. It's like the NWO, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's entertaining himself, not, you know, the people. But So anyway, but go ahead. Um, the, uh, but the, the that, well, you know, the, the, I guess the, the tension between him and Moreno add to this movie as well. So, um, and you can see this in here, which this stuff alone ends up making this movie worth seeing. Right. Because there's a lot about this movie that's kind of a mess, and we'll get into that too. But um, it was supposed to be Kubrick's first movie, right? But apparently, there was some kind of di- like a ban on movies about kidnapping or something. Yeah, because I think in like in Europe at at one point in like say the in the 60s and stuff mm-hmm. like that, there was a lot of you know, uh, uh, whether it was for terrorism, like Patty Hearst over here or something like that, there was a lot of kidnappings going on oh. with, with different like factions, like left wing factions and shit like that, huh. kidnapping people or holding people for ransom and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so Kubrick made the, the, the killing and based on a, this, uh, a, a book by the same author that wrote this right. story. And I'm really curious how this book flowed because 
the way this movie goes is just kind of like it's kind of a mess and it i i thought the ending was kind of dumb well they had to change a lot of shit up yeah yeah to get to get past the kidnapping band thing I, apparently the novel it's a little kid oh they kidnap a little kid so they wanted to make it an older you know a teen okay and um they were adding in like a love thing where the Brando character, Bud, falls for the girl, and the girl falls for him. But that was another thing that Brando was like, he, he, he didn't want to do that. And so, and that was like the big, a big part of the story, you know, that it was going to be that he becomes her protector because they fall in love with each other. Okay. And he, there was one scene where he said, I'm not going to do it this way. I'm going to do it. And, and, and Cornfield said, but Marlon, if you do that, you're totally fucking up this whole thing. It, it, there won't be the, the love story. Because he he tells the girl, he says, like she's trying to seduce him to win him over to get him to protect her. But Brando, in like he said, like you don't have to do that, kid, or something like that. But he was supposed to. He was supposed to fuck her. Uh, and okay. then... Uh, she was supposed to seduce him, fuck, because she wanted him to protect her, and then him, then him go back and fuck her. But they end up doing it like Rita Moreno, like a like she misunderstands. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. sees him coming out of there. This um, they they set up the film kind of. Um, I mean, it's 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 almost if if you've seen it, it feels like Eurocrime. I mean, it feels like a Eurocrime movie. I'm pretty sure this was right. filmed somewhere in Paris, but. It's it's got a very like I I, I, di- I really dug the soundtrack. It's a jazzy soundtrack. Oh yeah, it was good. really good. Yeah. yeah, but the um they do this like fake pickup from the airport, and then when the movie opens, it shows the um she never has a name, does she? The 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 girl that gets kidnapped, the teenager, or her name's yeah, she's Pamela Franklin is the actress, and I just called her daughter in my notes, but the daughter um she's flying to meet her dad in in France, and um she you know she's woken up. And gets off the plane, and there's like a they they've calmly set up this like kidnapping ransom situation. Um, it's kind of like by the numbers at first, but there's some little flourishes in there, and the jazzy soundtrack that I thought was pretty cool, like uh, which made it feel European as opposed to just an American movie. But I believe this was released to in an American on an American audience. I don't think this was a European release first, so um, I think it was a Universal movie or something, right? But um, so they, you know, as they're setting it up, uh, the uh, I did like when they f- make the initial call to the the dad, the daughter's yeah. dad. Um, they have Brando just talk to him, and I've never seen. I can't believe all the movies I've seen like this. I've never seen the way they they did this kind of to the throw phones. off the track. They, they yeah, they tape the they tape two phones together with the um, the speaker on with the phone that Brando's calling to tape to the receiver of the phone that dad is on. So all, so Brando just says, I'm, you're not going to be able to talk to me, but listen, this is what we're going to have to do. And, um, it seems like a, I don't know. It seems kind of like a half-assed plan, but you know, it's a movie, so whatever. But yeah. they, of course it just, everybody has tensions in the house. So it's four people. It's, uh, it's Boone, it's Brando, it's uh, Moreno. And it's this her kind brother. of, it's her brother. Who's very sweaty. Um, yeah. And, and- he's, did you think he looked too old to be her brother? He he could he have been her dad, her yeah. Dad, yeah. <laughs> um, well, they said that they 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 
actually, what's his name? Uh, Cornfield kind of, I don't know if I'd say he had a problem with that guy, but he said that that guy, as far as, it, as an actor goes, he needed direction. Um, and that that he didn't think that he and that, and that specifically in the scene that Boone ends up directing, which is Bud Brando talking to the brother and saying, you know, hey, this your sister did this and Richard Boone did that, and they have this long scene, but that guy's just kind of like, but Bud, you know, what are you gonna do? And he's like, man, what are you doing, man? <laughs> you know, he's getting all pissed off. But anyway. Um, it was really cool when Marina was snorting the heroin or whatever with her eye, one eyeball reflected in her little compact mirror. She tries to hide the drugs because Brando gets pissed. And I love when he comes home. She's supposed to pick them up at the airport as part of the plan. And this is kind of where it starts, where things start falling apart. Yeah. Because a, a cop is now involved because he gives them a ride because she never shows up at the airport to pick up Brando and um well, And the and cop Boone. was the fisherman at the beginning, too. I mean, yeah. It's just happened to be walking he like he was just a guy and but and he was the cop you this, know? It's, it, this is a movie of almost but this is why i loved reading about like the all the, the shit going on backstage because this it really made it more interesting to think about well, yeah and it tells you kind of when you're watching it and you're thinking okay um you have brando you have richard boone rita moreno and and all three of those you know really good actors and then you watch the movie, and this, like, I I like this movie, but it's not a great movie, and and there's reasons why. When you do find out all the shit that was going on, right. like you said, it does tell a different story, but it's an imperfect movie, and it if things wouldn't have been the way they were, I it could have been a lot better. Sure, with what they had to work with. The um, and then but the, the, and then another thing is is. With Cornfield, like I said, uh, I, and from what you were saying that you had read, it seems like it's just basically what he was saying on the DVD. Yeah. But the th- my thing is, is you're, no matter what story he's told, and I believe a lot of what he says, but you're getting like one side, and and you know maybe Brando, you know maybe he was like, God, this guy isn't that good. Well, he, I'll tell he, you. He, I'll tell we should you, have done it this way. There could have been some really interesting stuff. If you watch that uh, the Pressure Point movie that I mentioned that he directed before this with, with mm-hmm. Portier, there's some really cool, creative stuff in that movie, especially when they start... Uh, the, with A lot of this movie is Portier kind of... You hear him narrating as he's digging the um, like the, the childhood of this, this Nazi guy... But as they're doing that, it'll it'll show like Bobby Darren talking, but it'll be with a child's voice. Um, it will be um, like I don't know, like uh, a lot of like staged up looking stuff um, with you know very dark backgrounds with a spotlight on somebody. Um, he had it in him to be a very creative director, and I just feel like the. The, the the conflicts going on were um, just really making it very difficult for him to get something uh, decent out as well. Cool. So um, the um, so about yeah back to the back to night of the following day the 
I, I really liked the when back you know back to the story itself when Brando when he when after Moreno has snorted the stuff and she's passed out and she doesn't pick them up and the cop gets involved and blah blah blah. But I love how disgusted he looks in that bath scene. Like he's like, are you on junk? And like his his fucking eyes, like he's just like, just like fucking burden this lady is. But um, she she was perfect in that though. Yeah. You know. Oh no no no! I I just took a sleeping pill and all this that. And you're like, ugh. And she keeps falling asleep right there on the top of the that water looked like milk. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's that's the. Not only is it the start of the tension in the house. It's also the start of the tension between the two of them. And yeah. after going back and reading like the, the bullshit that both of them put each other through, or mainly him putting her through, um, like, I mean, she had an abortion. Like, they, she was pregnant with his kid at one point and everything. Um, the, uh, uh, they, I mean, they, they really like their arguments in this movie are, are are good. They're really good. Oh my god, that one when she suspects that he was in the thing and she throws the thing at him, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, there was some real fucking uh, <laughs> pissed offness. In yeah, that. and like she she hauls off and slaps him. Now it always surprises me in movies when a woman slaps a guy and he immediately like slaps her back. And Brando slapped the shit out like of her. He like he slapped the shit out of her, yeah. <laughs> it twisted her head around, man. And then there's another great scene with it where she throw, like she breaks a bottle or whatever and he he hands I mean, this is the this is the very Brando moment, but like I and I read that this was improvised too. I don't know if he says that in the commentary. That whole scene with the bottle was like they went off script entirely. Yeah. But he hands her like the neck of the bottle and she's expecting him to attack her, but he hands it to her. And he's like, "Oh, you, is it going to make you feel better to cut, you know, cut my face or whatever?" And I thought that was, I thought that was a great scene too. Cut my face. So, uh, you know, honest to God, uh, Brando looked like a cool motherfucker in this because he's always wearing like the. He, this is he's still he's still slim. He's like in really good shape. Wears the black t shirt, the black black pants or whatever. And uh, his now, fucking wig was bad though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's that's the thing. I when I first saw this, I would have never thought like. And then I remembered them. I read somewhere where they said you know that he was wearing a wig, and I was God. like, holy shit! I mean, because that make the thing that ma- it made me wonder was what did his hair look like at this time? Was he losing his hair already? I maybe he had a receding hairline or something, but he has a you know Brando's you know dark featured and everything. He's got this blonde, and oh. it, it looked it looked like you know like some. Even the wig, it didn't just look blonde. It looked like somebody who dyed their hair blonde. It looked like a shag carpet when it was up close. It was awful. Yeah. Um, but there's, uh, you know, back to back to talking about uh, Cornfield's like style flourishes. There, there were some things I noticed, which probably meant nothing in the movie, but I like the way that there's a few scenes where characters speaking is obscured in some way. Um, when Brando's first, when you first see him on the screen, he's saying something to the daughter. Uh, when they're getting ready to kidnap her, but you have no idea what he's saying. Yeah, you you just see his it. mouth moving. Um, Marino has a has a really cool. She's con- she's conversing with with the dad um, at the airport. Like she's within eye shot of him. She's talking on a payphone, and he is on the other side of a window. And you only they don't do the whole like the fake phone voice, like hearing yeah. his end of it. All you hear is her talking, and you see him talking on the other. I, I thought stuff like that was a nice little nice oh, little yeah. touch. Um, the uh, the plan f- to get the money takes a little while. Like I mean, 
it was kind of a I don't know. It was a little cliche, but it was still kind of cool. Like like they're showing the dead have to do these things. Like you know you're going to get on this train at this time. There's going to be people watching you. Blah 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 blah. Um, but it's mostly the most of the first half of the movie is the infighting. Yeah. The the plan itself when it starts to fall apart, it doesn't. There's some things that just don't make sense. And I think by this time in this filming that <laughs> things had just kind of had a had problems on set and and made it so like they were just trying to fit like just finish it already. Well, the one the one uh, part where they said, you know, Brando said, "I want Richard Boone to direct this scene," which is a total slap in the face to to a director of a movie mm-hmm. when you say, "I want this guy." Uh, when when they got to that point, I guess Cornfield uh, told Kasdan, he said, "Just let him do it, and let's get rid of this son of a bitch." Yeah. I because can, as I mean, soon as that scene was over, they were done with Brando. They didn't need him anymore. And he was just like, let's just get rid of this son of a bitch and get this over with. Well, yeah, because I mean, it was just a clusterfuck. The, and the, 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 I guess, iconic, if you've seen it, last scene they, that took forever to get. They had, he had to use like a split second of footage with Brando not making a face because he needed a... Yeah, because he was a, such a douche. He, wanted, he needed a freeze frame because Brando kept sticking out his tongue and stuff. So. But I will say this. The one, of, one of the the reasons that, that I liked this movie uh, that's, that just stood out for me personally was Richard Boone was such an, a piece of shit. Oh, he was disgusting. He was, yeah, he's, he's, he's craggy and gross anyway, but he was the sadistic bastard uh and the way he acted at first when when you know he was really professional at first but then his he was a sadist and i mean he was a sexual sadist Mm -hmm. and uh like when he stepped on that girl's foot you know it was like he got off when she was he she's sitting there and he's just standing there eating a sandwich and he does it on purpose and he steps backwards with his heel right on her like toes toes, yeah and, and he just like really hard and she's like in in total agony but he's like oh i'm sorry and he turns around and he's like you can tell he's like either massaging her foot or her leg but like probably making it hurt even worse and he's like getting off on it mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god and he does shit to rita moreno too where he'll say something to her or he'll reach up to like touch her face and she just looks at him like you know get away from me you fucking piece of shit yeah. because she knows you know how he is I love um, the I love when Bud the the line and I would love to know if this was ad libbed or not, but the improvised or not when he's when he's saying to him, "I don't want you to hurt the girl. I don't want you to touch her. If I come back and I find out that she's not all right, I'm gonna take that burp gun and I'm gonna jam it up your nose and I'm gonna pull the trigger till it doesn't work anymore." <laughs> well, he says he said something like, um, um. Uh, and, and it shows like the the time, like it's in the sixties, because when Brando would be like, "Look, man, you know, <laughs> hey, man, look, man, no, no, if you want to get, if you want to get free, if you want to get freaky, not with this girl, you know, and all this that." Uh-huh. And uh, Richard Burt, Richard Burton, Richard Boone was just—I mean, he he never gets mad or anything when Brando gets in his face, and right. and, and then there was another part where they, I guess, Richard Boone told. Uh, cornfield uh the the one scene where he really yeah, the the girl tries to escape and richard boone's sleeping on this on the actual stairs mm-hmm. and so she's trying to like step around him and he reaches up and grabs her leg and he had her so that's all he had to do but he lifts her leg up and she's and she's like holding on to the ceiling trying to balance herself and he he basically makes her fall down the steps 
then he grabs her and he's like, like I said, he's just like hurting her or whatever. And Brando comes out. But the the thing was, he he told Cornfield, he said, "No, don't stop me because I'm really going to grab her, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna hit her head against the wall." Well, he does like the wrestling thing where he's got her by the back of the the hair, right, with his hand. So when he's hitting, his hand is actually hitting the wall. But it gives a simulation thing like he's actually banging her head against the wall. But it makes you wonder if they shot things out of sequence so they hadn't done that scene yet or if Brando's character was he's trying to appeal to uh Wally who is Moreno's brother brother yeah that he's he's telling him he says you know Richard Boone he says you know this guy's crazy he's psycho da da da, da. but he either and they're either doing something where Brando's like improvising and it's like the method thing where he's trying to tell Wally, and so he's embellishing mm-hmm. because he tells Wally, he says, "I was there, man. He was he was banging her head off the walls. He was punching her in the face, and he didn't punch her in the face. Right, right, right. Yeah, he, it, he it, did have her by the hair, and he did one time against the wall. I don't know if he. Yeah, I I didn't know then if he was just trying to give uh, Boone's character a bad name, or if he if. Yeah, if in in, in, in retrospect, if yeah. that was a if that was a, a, a just a kind of a we we have to deal with this. Let's just yeah. do it. Yeah, and and that was the scene that Boone ended up directing was the one between Wally and Bud, where he's trying to tell him Richard Boone's crazy. He's an asshole. He's mm. he's this and that, and the caper's over because this and that. And then they they kind of give you the the thing that Wally had saved. Brando from going to prison, so they kind of give you that. Well, you know Brando's with Rita Moreno, and that's his girl, and she had been on drugs and she got off of it. But Wally, there was a connection there because Brando was ready to quit, or not Bud. He Bud was ready to quit, and and I kind of liked the the way that Wally was portrayed as kind of the schlub yeah. because he tells Brando, he goes, "You think going to prison is the worst thing that could happen to me? I'm 40 years old. I'm fat and I'm." balding and everything (laughs) and but cornfield's thing was in that scene he said uh uh, the guy that played wally he said he's he's not to the level of an actor of a richard boone moreno or brando so he needed somebody uh, he needed a director that was a real director to bring more out of him he said brando's slamming his hand down motherfucker you know all this and that and wally's just like Look, bud, you know, he's just really reserved. <laughs> and they also the the guy that played the um the uh the cop, um, they said that both Moreno and I guess he's like a, a fairly famous uh, actor in France, uh Gerard Burr or Gerard Burr, and uh, but they said that he was just a conventional actor, and I guess they were like method actors. So mm-hmm. they they looked down on him, but I thought he did. Yeah, he was. I mean, job, it, know, it, for what he was doing. Yeah, no, it, it, he he was the one that added the tension because unknowingly he kept kind of stumbling on them, you know. Yeah. And which and which I think he was trying to get some puss. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, why? So I don't. Can you blame him? Yeah, and 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 uh, now there was a surprise in there. Uh, 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 Al Latieri was in it, and he yeah. played Virgil Salazzo in The Godfather. And he shows up, and he's in it. And he's also, when I was looking at the the um, the credits, he's like one of the producers. Oh, 
And but he wasn't. And I, I, as an actor, I always think he's you know because you rem- remember him from The Godfather and Mr. Majestic and stuff like that. But he's just in it for just a really small part, right? Oh well, he has two scenes, and both of them are really you know like nothing scenes. So right, right, right. But, you know. But it was it was a small cast, that's for sure. Sure, yeah, and then most of it takes place in this house with a few like town, like the the nearby town shots as well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot else to add on this. Uh, I wish I could have lived in that beach house. Oh man, I, that's what I said to my wife when she started watching the beginning. I was like, "Fuck, I want a remote cottage on the French yeah. shore," you know. I wonder if I, I don't know which I don't know what beach this was if it was Normandy or, or in that area or what if it was on the Atlantic side or what so yeah but um I anyway. did see the the one guy that plays the like the where oh and uh, this is just a small thing but uh, Rita Moreno goes into a um, like a cafe which I guess it, it'd be like a place you could get breakfast but over there you can also get uh, uh a cocktail you can get like uh, a shot of whiskey or whatever right. and a hamburger you know and uh the 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 guy that ran the place was Jacques Marin and he was in uh the train with Burt Lancaster he's really good in that I mean he played like a, a guy a, a conductor or something at the this one train place but um she goes in there and you know like I said she's a junkie and she's already her nerves are getting frayed because Boone's a fucking sadist and a rapist and everything else uh this this for in her mind this constable or policeman it's her mind's going 100 miles an hour like why does this guy keep showing up and her own brother says he's just trying to get some poontang or something (laughs) Uh, but when she goes in there she orders uh like a, a shot of whiskey or something uh and the guy brings it over to her and the policeman comes in, it's rain and he comes in and she's like, Oh, you know, she plays it cool. But when he walks out, she takes a sh- the, the shot. Uh, and I don't know if you notice it or not. She, she downs the shot real quick. And then she, she almost has like, I don't know if it was a hiccup or like a nervous cold chill or something, but it, it, it she just does it real fast. And she's just like, Ugh. you know, she she's doesn't make gag. a noise, <laughs> but she just kind of, you know, I Shutters thought she hiccuped. But anyway, I it was could like, have been. You know, it could have been. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you continue a little bit. Uh, we don't. I want to. Yeah, not keep. Not draw it out too much, just in case we get cut off again. So. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Comcast, suck my dick. Um, listen, man. If you want to get, if you want to try anything freaky, you don't do it with her. They, they said, and I, and I, you can see this in the movie uh, that um, Pamela Franklin's character. When you think about how it was supposed to be, mm-hmm. where there was supposed to be this this relationship that develops between her and Brando, like and they 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 become attached to each other and they have sex and this and that, Brando doing what he did totally negates her entire character. When you see the movie, uh, she becomes. I mean, she's the object of everything. She's but fucking she hardly in it. Almost inconsequential. Yeah. And and Cornfield was kind of pissed off about that because I think he had worked with her when she was like a, a kid okay. at one time and he knew her or whatever. And he said, you know, Marlon, you're just totally fucking up her entire role. But, of course, Brando didn't give a fuck. 
So <laughs> Marlon fucking Brando, man. Yeah, Marlon fucking Brando. But anyway, like I said, this one, it's not like a great movie, but I just, you know, it's one of those ones that I, like I said, I go back to Mickey Rourke. I, you know, see him and, and Homeboy and Johnny Handsome and stuff like that, which were movies that weren't great movies, but his acting was still, you know, and, and I thought you can see that I would suspect that there was a lot of improvising on, uh, like to me, Brando would be the kind of guy that they would say, okay, Bud's going to say this and it's going to be, um, uh, put that cup down, you son of a bitch, or something like that. And then that's just kind of like an outline. And then if he's he does it a different way every time, maybe adds some dialogue or says that, like you said in the one scene with him and Rita Moreno with the with the bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see that he probably is like you know adding things and this and that. And where maybe Cornfield wasn't as much like that. I mean, you know, there you know some Dennis Hopper always said that like. Uh, where the the old directors would be like, pick the cup up, set it down here, walk over there. Pick the cup up, set it down here. They do twenty fucking or fifty takes, and want him to do the same way. Well, being a, a method actor, he wanted to do it different every way. Oh, Mar- Mar- every time. Marino, and trying- go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. no, good. I was gonna say Marino dated both Hopper and Elvis Presley, trying to make. Uh- Trying to make Brando jealous. I would think dating Dennis <laughs> Hopper wouldn't make anybody jealous. It'd be like they'd probably be laughing or vomiting, you know. Uh, but anyway, eh, I, I like I said, I thought she was a little, she was a little cutie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, she right was. Well, but that's about all I have. I just, you know, uh, it, it would have been, it would, it's a, it's a coulda, shoulda, woulda been. Yeah, but it would have been interesting to see uh, what this would have been like if, say, even Brando wouldn't have been in it. And they would have had somebody else play the part, so there wouldn't have been all this shit. And another thing, like I said, it was weird because his character's name was Bud, and they always said that was his nickname growing up and everything when he was a kid, because I have his biography. And this guy, Jess Hahn, which every time I see his name, I think of Jessica Hahn. Yeah, I do too. Um, who was the older fat guy that played Rita Moreno's brother's name in the movie was Wally. And I think Wally Cox and Brando were like best friends. And he played like Mr. Peepers, and he was in a bunch of different... But there was always a rumor that Wally Cox and Marlon Brando were gay. Well, not just... you know, I guess Brando would be bisexual or whatever, because he had lots of women and lots of whatever. But they said when Wally Cox died... He Brando was like so beside himself that there was people were like, okay, what the fuck? It would be like if you had a friend that died and your your wife died one day and you were like, meh, and then, <laughs> and then this guy dies and you're like, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know if there's anything to that, but uh, I was just hoping that they would have a sex scene between Richard Boone and Al Latieri. <laughs> That would have been awesome, oh, yeah. especially knowing that Boone was a sadist. And Al Latieri in uh, the getaway with Steve McQueen, he was like a fucking sadistic fucker too, like that. Yeah. And he fucked uh, Sally, was it Sally Fields from Archie Bunker? <laughs> <laughs> While Howard Spray from Sally Fields, uh, was her Andy name. Griffith was tied Sa- up in the corner. Sally uh, Struthers. Sally Struthers. Yeah, who's <laughs> Sally Fields? Sally Fields is uh, from... Uh, uh, cannonball. I mean, not Cannonball Run. Uh, 
Uh, Smoking the Bandit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who that is. But that'd be cool if Richard Boone was fucking Sally Fields. Yeah. That's Gary was fucking, what's her name? And then. And Brando's off in the corner just punching the shit out of, uh, out of, (laughs) of Cornfield's face. Slapping Rita Moreno. And she's got like (laughs) her wrist slashed and shit. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I guess if you're a professional actor, I, I don't know. But, I mean, I would think if somebody put me through the mill to the point that I was going to kill myself, I had an – or she did. She slashed her wrist or whatever. I can't remember what it pills, was. Pills. Oh, pills. And got an abortion and all this stuff that they say, hey, guess what, Rita? We've got this movie, and you're going to be in it, and Marlon's going to be in it. And, you know, you would think you'd be like – are you fucking serious? <laughs> I think they had they had pretty uh, kind of made up at this point. Um, yeah. They had a they had a weird life like apart one another too. I mean, I, I think they were tied together quite a few years after this, but I think they had from apparently they had kind of. I mean, I'm sure there was still stuff underground, but it had been a few years like I since that. Yeah, loading up. She's so. like, that fat asshole. I'm glad I didn't get with him. Uh, and I, I would have liked to have heard like what either her. Well, she was so connected to Brando that I've been sure that her views would be skewed towards him. But like Richard Boone or somebody like that was on the on the set that was like not not Cornfield or not Brando or not in either one of them's camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Boone must have been in so, at a certain point, like in Brando's because. Brand, what you know? I'm surprised because Brando directed uh, One Eye Jacks with him and Carl Malden, which was like a western, and I think that was the only thing he ever directed. Yep, yep. But I'm surprised if he was being that big of a shithead that he would say, <laughs> "Well, I want Richard Boone to direct this scene." He didn't say, "Well, I'll just do it," you know. Because yeah, yeah. anyway. I've heard that about. I think like uh, Burt Lancaster. They said several times that I think Frankenheimer and some of these guys would say, you know, if you let him. He would try and take over and, and try and end up directing it, the movie himself. Oh wow! You know, it's kind of I don't know. Well, let's hurry up and write this before connection dies again. <laughs> um, this I, I didn't like the end of the very end of this movie at all. Some of, a lot of it's a mess, but there's enough in here that makes it it averages out. Like if 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 it was if the end kind of guided the whole movie, it would be like a two. If yeah, Brando uh, did not like the end either, he didn't want. That the uh, and I don't want to give it away. Yeah, the end was the end was kind of dumb. He did not like that at all. But um, I don't know. I give it a and the with the stuff aside. Well, with the stuff aside, it's like a five point five. But this is this is a this is a learn about it and watch this fucking thing movie, regardless if it's a five point five, just because it's interesting to see this thing kind of falling apart. Right. Movie within a movie or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're like the, the, the making of, you know. <laughs> um, I would give this probably a 6.5. It's like I said, it's it's not a great movie, but it's if for some reason, like I said, I like Brando. I like uh, Richard Boone. And after watching this again, I really uh, enjoyed Rita Moreno she's almost very, she's more very than good. Everybody in the movie, yeah. But the the Richard Boone asshole sadist. I mean, and he and and he was in uh, another kidnapping movie, which was Big Jake with John Wayne, and he plays the the one of the most 
evil villain in in that, you know. So he's in this and that. So like I said, I like six point five, but you know, I'll I'll always go back to this and watch it again just because I you know, for some reason I like the movie. Even yeah, though it's yeah. not that great. Cool. Uh it's five more six point five. Um why don't we take a break, come back and do a tiny little bit of feed sack and wrap this up before our internet connection explodes. We'll be right back. In a world that has a country called England, three cinephiles battle weekly against the onslaught of movie releases. They review, dissect, and discuss until each is defeated. Jordan is the host. Ian is the sweary one. And Noel is the grandpa. And together they are the 35mm heroes. Dig it, bitches. I've never seen you looking so lovely as you did tonight. And this is the Brins, by the way. I've never seen you shine so bright. I hate mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never seen so many men ask you if you wanted to dance. Oh. Looking for a little romance. Given half a chance And I have never seen that dress you're wearing All the highlights in your head that catch your eye I have been blind Lady in red <laughs> Is dancing with me <laughs> nobody uh, time for feed sack, motherfuckers. Alright. We got one! One feed sack. One big. God damn, if this air conditioner doesn't kick off, I am going to kill myself. <laughs> On the recording. Alright. Yeah, you're going to be like my Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah. Except I won't have an abortion. Uh-oh. I'll have your baby. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Alright. Now, you know, last week, you know, what could I say? I was confused. You know, I'm not sure if anyone's gonna mention it, but you know, I was there. I say you you know, you should do a fucking slide film every Ten episodes. Now, wait, wait, wait. That would be like not even one, one a year. You know what? I don't know what I was talking about. My math there was completely wrong. That would be one episode every ten weeks, which is like five sly episodes a year, which <laughs> still isn't enough. You know, you should do one every three episodes. But yeah, even so, you know that kind of shook me up. The, you know, my mental capabilities was sort of taking a hit. So, you know, i fucking taking a break from all the exercises that I've done, you know, the muscles and shit. And I've, you know, I went up to my cabin for two days and I've been painting. I've been painting beautiful pictures of me and my muscles. You know, because, you know, i got a great body and I look great and that's through the exercise. But, you know, I need to keep my mind in shape. And painting is my way of doing that, you know? It's great. 
Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I think I'd just be feeling a lot of pressure from all these people coming in and giving me shit. You know, you got like, <laughs> Justin, but who apologize? Thank you for that, Justin. That was very was great of you. I, you know, I, I almost shed a tear when I listened to your call, you know? But then I remembered that yeah, uh, I'm still going to check for <laughs> half a million dollars from you. Uh, the bounced for the adverts I did for your podcast, Justin Oboltz's film race. So, you know, just fucking so there, you know, before I get my lawyers on you. You know, and then you had the bridge stuff. And now we got this, this FX guy, you know. They all just chipping away at Stoke. Uh, oh, you know, oh, whoa, that was almost a slip of the tongue. Eh? Still on, you know. And um, fucking... Uh, so, you know, you know, piece by piece, they went away. So I just needed to get away. Get away. I was in the wilderness, you know. I was in my log cabin, fucking in the woods. I stripped out. I was wearing absolutely nothing. I didn't even my underpants, you know. <laughs> I was painted. I don't want any fucking that shit to, you know, just hamper me in any way. So... What I paid, I like to be totally nude because it's just way that I totally connect with nature. You know, then I finished painting, I went out, I had to walk around in the woods in the nude. You know, <laughs> get in touch with nature. It's great. But yeah, that's all I gotta talk about. Me, you know, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better. Now. I'm feeling a bit more balanced, and you know, it's good times. You know, I'm. I'm getting there, you know, I just hope there's no nastiness aimed towards flying his muscles this week, you know, because it's not nice, you know, you guys, you know, you should appreciate me, I'm, you know, anyway, that's all I can say. Huh? Uh. Uh. Oh, that one sounded bad. He's just, uh, I think he's just getting old. You think he's okay? Uh, I don't care. I think he's old. I think he's what you know. He seems like those veins are just getting kind of, <laughs> kind of flabby. Flabby like, veins. Yeah. Gross. Like an old condom. You can sack. always send us feed Zach to two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred or Silva Gold Podcast at gmail dot com. Yay, Silver Gold. Yeah. Silver. <laughs> Silva and Gold. Silva. Uh, find us on iTunes and at silvaandgold.com and on Stitcher and join our Facebook stuffs. Uh, yeah, so next week we're going to work around some wrestling. Uh, we're going to do a not quite exorcist double feature. Yeah. We're going to do the Night Child or also Il. Medaglione Insanguinato, The Night Child from 1975, (laughs) easy for you to say. And uh, we're also going to do Abby from 1974, starring Blackula. Yeah. Abdullah the Butcher. God, I wish. He really should have done some movies, like starring movies. Cool. Um... I'm going to go edit the show and do some shit and stuff. I'm going to shit. Yeah, and go to work. Boo. Uh, <laughs> Boo. Boo. I got to work in the morning myself. Boo. 
Uh, I had some great French toast today. It was made out of like um, really thick cut like like baguette pieces, and it was really gooey with the with maple syrup, and it had um, it had walnuts and blueberries on the top of it. Yeah, it was very good. I had like three or four pieces of it. I was a fat ass, and I had nachos. God, I'm gonna die. Oh God. <laughs> and I had a while I, while we were recording, I had a son of a peach. Uh, wheat ale, which was very good. A peach flavored wheat ale. I am fat. Uh, well, that's it for me. No denying that. Ooh, there's Rita. Wow. All right, Dom. Do you have anything else? There's <laughs> the Adebisi hat <laughs> or the Sammy hat, as it is not so called. Anything else, sir? I love bimbos. <laughs> I love bimbos. Until next week. This is Loaf Oot. Bye.